Welcome to Straight Outta Health IT. Getting into health tech is rough, but here's an unfiltered dialogue of healthcare leaders and influencers covering a wide variety of issues affecting healthcare and the health tech industry. And now your host, Christopher Cunney. Hello everyone, this is Christopher Cunney again, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Outta Health IT. Today, we're taking a little bit of a different perspective on of what's going on in our industry and just you know industries as a, as a whole. We're actually going to talk a little bit about uh, student loans, college student loans and the forgiveness programs that are available to uh, folks who have graduated from school. And I have on the program one of the foremost experts on student loans and what's, uh, and, the, and what's happening in our country as it relates to uh, the forgiveness programs. I'd like to introduce to you the CEO of People Joy, Emeka Ogu. Christopher, thanks for having me and really uh, happy to be here today. Pleasure to have you on the program, Emeka. And before we get started, I wanted to offer a little bit of statistics for our audience too, so they can get a sense of the gravity of this, uh, the student loan industry and the impact that it's having on us as Americans. And I'd like you to spend a little time also at the very beginning of this commentary uh, talking about your journey. How did you actually get into this industry and, you know, your general comments about what's going on in the, in the industry as well? So let me start with some statistics I got from the Federal Reserve College Board and the Institute for College Access and Success and Savings for College. Here we go. Americans owe nearly $1.75 trillion in student loan debt spread out amongst about 50, uh, 48 million borrowers. That is about $412 billion more than the total U.S. auto loan debt. Can you believe that? Student loans equate for $412 billion more than just regular old auto debt. And amongst the class of 2020, 55% of bachelor degree recipients took out student loans graduating with an average debt of $28,400 in both federal and private loans. In addition to that, 14% of parents with children in the class of 2019 took out an average of $37,200 in federal parent plus loans. These are just some of the shocking statistics uh, that student loans, uh, Americans are dealing with with the burden of student loans. And again, I've got on the program our foremost expert on this, and I'd like to delve into this a little bit further. Uh, but before we do, can you share with us a little bit of your background? And how did you get into the student loan forgiveness industry? Right. Thanks, Christopher. And just to give again a quick overview, PeopleJoy is a financial wellness company with a heart for helping others. Uh, we partner with employers uh, looking for solutions to not only attract and retain talent, promote financial and mental health and wellness, but also to help support the diversity and gender, the racial and gender wealth gaps uh, through student loan assistance benefits. And how I uh, got into uh, the, the industry and started the company was really, um, Christopher, I, I was, I'm a statistic. I'm one of right. those 45 million Americans with uh, student loan debt. Uh, between business school for me, getting my MBA, and medical school for my wife, who's a physician, we had over $400,000 of student debt. Wow. And we had to navigate trying to buy a home, saving for retirement, uh, saving for vacations, really starting to build a family and a life together while paying down student, student loan debt. 
Uh, and I can tell you that, like you mentioned, it's the second highest debt in the United States, second only to mortgages. Exactly. And with, within the healthcare institution, if you're looking specifically at hospitals and healthcare systems, that average student debt balance is a lot higher. Among the, the clients that we work with, we see average loan balances closer to, closer to $60,000 of total debt. So it's something that um, a lot of people struggle with and deal with. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I started my career. I, I actually uh, have a, an undergraduate degree in electrical and computer engineering uh, from Rutgers University, uh, but started my career on Wall Street uh, at Merrill Lynch in our investment management and guidance group, where I helped oversee $315 billion of, of assets uh, under management. It was always somebody who considered themselves well-versed in uh, investments and, and finances, uh, but student debt is, is unlike any other financial instrument that I've dealt with. So I uh, worked on Wall Street in, in, at Merrill Lynch during the Great uh, Recession, uh, and afterwards, uh, around 2009, went back to get my MBA, and then I've really spent the last 11 to 12 years focused on the intersection of finance and technology, most recently with PeopleJoy, where I helped build personal financial tools that are offered as an employee benefit in the general workforce. And again, my why for starting PeopleJoy was one, something that I myself experienced, right? Exactly. And it's, it's, it's very difficult to navigate and take advantage of these uh, loan forgiveness programs. My wife and I left tens of thousands of dollars on the table because we didn't know what we didn't know uh, when it came to navigating these programs. And our job, my job at PeopleJoy is to work with employers to provide these benefits, which again, has that triple bottom line effect of, again, not only attracting and retaining talent, but also helping address the gender and racial wealth gaps and promoting mental and financial uh, health and wellness. And, and I do want to draw, you know, drill down into people joy a little bit later in the program as well. But I, I wanted to just kind of, again, continue to set the stage for listeners on just the real impact that these these loans have on individuals' lives. I mean, you talked about, you know, 400 plus thousand dollars of debt just between you and your wife, and you had just begun your careers. You were just starting right. your careers and you're saddled with all this debt. You know, 4.7% of student loans are oh, 90 days or over uh, or mm-hmm. delinquency as of the first quarter of 2022. And the average student loan payment, it was about $300 right before yep. the White House instituted its uh, moratorium on the repayment program, which just expired, right, right uh, last month. And so now students are, 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 are graduates are now uh, required to now start repaying those loans back again. Yeah. I- a question I would ask you, just why are these student loan programs so important for individuals and why has it been such a challenge for graduates to repay these loans after they've uh, uh, graduated from college? That's a great question. At first, I'll say that the moratorium has been extended until December 31st oh, of okay, this year. The, the Biden administration has indicated that it would be uh, the last uh, such extension. And so, you know, given that the first suspension happened in March 2020, borrowers with federal student loans have had close to three years of of not having to make payments and zero percent interest rates. And so the good news is that during this time frame, you know, if you were making any payments on your student loans, it was all going to principal and interest wasn't accruing. So it's something that we think is is, is really important. And um, they also last week announced a forgiveness benefit where certain borrowers can receive up to $20,000 of loan forgiveness based on their income and having certain loan types. But to, to really answer your question why these are so important is that, you know, it's, it's important for uh, borrowers 
to understand and take advantage of any uh, federal loan forgiveness uh, benefits out there, especially if they're eligible for it, right? It's one exactly. less dollar that you have to pay towards your student loans that you can put towards saving retirement, towards retirement you can put towards uh, a rainy day fund and really put towards building you know, your financial, financial nest egg. So it's really important to not only understand what's out there for you, but see if you're eligible for it. There are a number of forgiveness programs uh, that are out there. The most prominent and the ones that really um, any nonprofit healthcare institution uh, employee is eligible for is the public service loan forgiveness program. Sure. The PSLF program is, was a program that was administered during the Bush administration in 2007, where they saw there was going to be a shortage of healthcare workers, teachers, and other public servants. And in order to help attract people, graduates to the industry, they instituted this public service loan forgiveness program back in 07. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the program has had a 99% failure rate. Oh, is that right? Uh, Why is 99%, And a lot of that has to do with one borrowers not being aware of the requirements to get loan forgiveness. Okay. So the the broad at a broad level to get loan forgiveness and the program, the PSLF program as it's called, an acronym for public service loan forgiveness, states that if you work at a not-for-profit, which again most hospital healthcare institutions are and teaching hospitals are, you get your loans forgiven tax-free after a period of 10 years. So Christopher, any loans that you have, you work at a hospital for 10 years, uh, are supposed to get forgiven tax-free. The misconception that a lot of people had was I just work here for 10 years and all of a sudden, voila, in 120 months, my loans just disappear from my balance sheet. Sure. It doesn't work that way, right? You have to have a certain loan type. You have to be in a certain repayment plan that qualifies. You have to certify your income and and, and payment plan every year. You have to certify your employment history every single year. And if you didn't thread the needle perfectly, it either, you know, at a minimum delayed forgiveness or at worst, made you permanently ineligible. Now, with this administration, they recognized that there was a lot of flaws with the program, not only the uh, the way it was communicated, but also the way it was implemented and, and administered. They've instituted a few policies, specifically the limited PSLF waiver, which expires in October of this year, which states that we acknowledge that this has been a very difficult program to get involved with. There's certain loan types and repayment plans that uh, we disqualified. We're going to allow them to qualify if you follow a number of steps before October 31st. Sure. So let so, me stop you yeah. there. Let me stop you there just for a second. And just so that the audience is very clear on what you just said. So if I work for a not-for-profit institution, a hospital, clinic, you know, it's any type of provider organization that it's certainly that it's designated as a not-for-profit. And I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse, I'm a lab tech, I'm an IT professional. I'm an administrative resource within the organization. If I have worked there for 10 years and I meet all their appropriate standards and qualifications, I have the potential of having my debt from my student loan forgiveness. Is that what you're telling me? Correct. That's huge. Did you you hear that, guys, out there in my audience? There is an opportunity for those of you who have been saddled with tremendous amount of debt over these past years, decades for some, there may be an opportunity to have that forgiven. And so let's let's hear more about these programs. Yeah, and I'll add one more uh, group to that. So again, as long as you work for a 501c3, so a surgeon all the way to, to janitor. If you work at a hospital, you're, you're an employee there, you can get your loans forgiven tax-free. Also, one other group uh, that I felt to mention, if you work at a nonprofit and you took out a parent plus loan, meaning it wasn't your loan for you to go to school, right. it was a loan for your child to go to school, 
through a federal parent plus loan, those loans are also eligible for loan. Oh, wow. That's huge. That That's huge. I, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. That's good to know because I've got a child in school <laughs> right now at our, at our private institution. And all of that is coming out of our pocket. And so, yep. one, I'm going to make sure he's <laughs> and he's actually studying, uh, you know, a, a field of study in healthcare. And so I want to make sure he's find, finding the first nonprofit organization to become a part of uh, so that we can figure out how to get these loans forgiven. Absolutely. So, so to help me understand, too, you know, what's the difference between forgiveness, cancellation or discharge? You know, so many different terms floated out there. And how do, how do these different types of loan forgiveness programs or service offerings differ? That's a great question. And really, you know, ultimately, uh, loan cancellation discharge to the end borrower means the same thing. It's that your loans are, are or a certain loan type no longer has to be paid uh, because the Department of Education has deemed that you don't have to pay it. So with loan forgiveness, uh, there are several types. Public service loan forgiveness, as I mentioned, there's also teacher loan forgiveness, which is uh, something that uh, teachers who work at K through 12 elementary schools are eligible for. But it really comes down to really understanding first the loan type. Sure. So with uh, with most federal loans, federally backed student loans, uh, borrowers are going to be eligible for, again, uh, public service loan forgiveness if you work at a not-for-profit. Uh, but there's also loan forgiveness options eligible for individuals who work at for-profit institutions. Typically, it's uh, within the income-driven repayment plan forgiveness. Right. Where the government says if you have paid on your loans for a certain period of time, typically 20 years, or more, we're going to forgive your loans again after that that period of time. It used to be a taxable event, though, if you worked at a for-profit. They've actually made the forgiveness balance tax deductible until 2026, wow. uh, which may be extended. Right, okay. right. So okay. if you, I, I want to yeah. stop you there again and just want to make sure I heard, make sure the audience heard what you just said. If I work for a for-profit entity, and I've been paying on my loans for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I know people who have, are still paying on their loans have been out of school. I do too. <laughs> years. Yep. If I meet all those qualifications, I too can potentially have my loans forgiven as well. Correct. Correct. You, now you have to be in a certain repayment plan type. They have to sure. verify that you've been making on-time payments, you know, at least a total of 240 payments. Because again, over 20 years, that's 240 right. months. But correct. If you've crossed all your T's, that are all your I's, you can get your loans forgiven after 20 years. And it's now tax-free until 2026. That's before amazing. it was taxable. So before, before last year, if you had $100,000 of loans that were forgiven and you worked for a for-profit, the government treated that as income. So at the end right. of the year, that $100,000 showed up as additional income that you had to pay taxes on, you know, as part of your, your, your wages, but they began waived that through 2026. Well, I really hope people are taking notes on this as well, too, because here's a huge opportunity to get out of under some of the, you know, the debt burden that's been saddling a, a lot of people, especially folks of color and and of underserved communities who typically unfortunately mm-hmm. take out more of these loans than, than other groups as well. And I did want to give some more what I thought was shocking statistics about student loan debt as well. Do you realize that 55% of bachelor degree recipients graduating from a four-year public school and private colleges had student loan debt? So the majority of people that go to school have to take out a student loan to, to pay for their school, their education which is insane. The average debt at graduation from a four-year public school and private nonprofit was $28,400, almost $30,000. 
And that um, actually increased from the previous year as well. 66% of graduates from public schools had loans, whether they borrowed them from private institutions or, or, or public institutions, government institutions, of an average of, again, $26,900. And then 68% of graduates from private and non-private colleges had loans in 2016 that averaged roughly $31,450. Students and parents borrowing an estimated of $95.9 billion in 2021 academic school years. And 13% were private uh, loans from uh, other non-federal loans as well, too. And then finally, 48% of borrowers who attended for-profit colleges defaulted within 12 years, compared to 12% of public colleges attendees and 14% of not-for-profit attendees. So, you know, this debt has a huge implication on people's livelihoods, finances, credit, ability to secure jobs. It's, it's, it's huge, and it's unfortunate that the cost of education is mm-hmm. astronomically and it's so high uh, and that you're forced to have to go and take loans in order to get education. And in order right. to get a decent job these days, unfortunately, you have to go get a college degree. It's a right. requirement you know, for professional roles these days. I'm just curious, from your perspective, those individuals who are out there, some of the naysayers who've heard about the recent loan forgiveness programs who say, well, you know, I pulled myself up from my boot on my own bootstraps. I, I worked extra jobs, you know, um, I sacrificed and I paid my own way through school. What, what's right. your commentary on that? Yeah, no. And, you know, it's it's there's always two sides to every story. And, and um, you know, it's one of those things where there's definitely folks who have as you mentioned, they they kind of paid their way, they paid their dues, uh, they paid off their their uh, student loans, and um, you know they 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 weren't recipients of some of the forgiveness uh, programs that were out there or or, um, uh, or what's been announced. I want to say that the public service loan forgiveness program is something that has always existed. It's not uh, something you know since two thousand and seven. So it's not it's it's sort of separate and distinct from the ten and twenty thousand dollar. A program that uh, Biden just announced, and and just to give um, you know some context on on specifically that student loan uh, relief program that was just announced, it's essentially a borrower can get up to uh, ten thousand dollars of their loans forgiven if they make less than one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars as an individual or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars as a married couple, and if one of their loan types included a Pell grant. It can get they can get up to twenty thousand dollars of debt cancellation. Now, obviously, again, it's only going to be for people who who meet those income thresholds and and currently have federal student loans. So, if you've already paid up your student loans, you're not going to get a check in the mail. You know, in terms of in in, in terms of uh, of of that. So, sure. I definitely understand again that 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 uh, perspective of hey, I, I've um, you know I've, I've paid my dues and I've paid off student loans. Why are there benefits out there that that I'm not going to be able to take advantage of? But I also just tell folks, you know, let's look at the overall economic impact of debt on our society, on spending, et cetera, like that. And I think, you know, again, a rising tide raises all ships. And so if you have a situation where people no longer have to pay that debt, that's going to go into the economy in some way, shape or form and, and overall help help everyone. So. You know, it's one of those things where you have to look at, I think, at times the just what what the overall 
a greater good is or some of these benefits and saying, you know, how did that impact, you know, the country as a whole if, if sure. such, such uh, benefits were provided. So let's let's pivot real quickly and talk a little bit about People Joy and the programs that you offer and really how do you turn lemons into lemonade? How do you leverage these programs so that they actually become almost a benefit for yeah. employers, right? Uh, to offer mm-hmm. to their employees for retention, you know, uh, purposes and employee satisfaction, uh, improving employee satisfaction as well, too. We know the challenges healthcare is having today and recruiting nurses and doctors and other healthcare professionals, as well as you don't see as many people going into the healthcare profession as you have in the past. Right, right. So how does how does People Joy create or create a value proposition to a healthcare organization to, to take advantage of these programs and make them uh, their employees aware of them? I like that. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to, to steal that one from you. Turn, turning lemons into lemonade <laughs> because that, that that really is what we do. And when we look to employers and say, yeah, here's why you would want to offer a student loan or student debt solution. A lot of times, you know, the 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 feedback has always been in the past. I don't want to be too big brother or big sister when it comes to financial wellness. Let's let our employees figure that out on their own. Right. And I think what we've seen uh, just multiple studies from Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, Fidelity have shown that employees are are continually looking to their employer to help with or, or offering uh, financial wellness solutions that go above and beyond what we normally see in an employer, which is you know your salary, your retirement benefits, or your healthcare benefits. And now looking to extend beyond that, we also have for the first time in history you know, four or five generations in our workforce, right? And so what employers are beginning to see is that a one-size-fits-all benefit is really a one, you know, one-size-fits-none, right? You have to offer multiple benefits in your workforce that essentially cater to the different, to where your employees are in their various uh, financial life cycles. So when we work with an employer, how we turn lemons into lemonade, as you mentioned, is really, we focus on four priorities, meaning that employers are coming to us and saying, there's four key challenges that we're looking to solve. The first is, and this is one that not only we're seeing across healthcare, but really any any major employer in the United States, is how do we support diversity, equity, and inclusion? Sure. In light of a lot of, you know, since the murder of George Floyd, a lot has been happening in the United States, and how do we address the racial and gender wealth gaps? So I wanted to add a statistic onto the one that you mentioned, and that is that women hold nearly two-thirds of that $1.74 trillion of student debt that you mentioned. Oh, you're kidding me. I didn't realize that. Wow. Two-thirds, correct. Two-thirds. And so, and that become one, one uh, women are going to school longer than men. They're getting advanced degrees, masters, PhDs, and so on and so forth. Now, let's look at the that, and let's look at the general makeup of a, a healthcare system um, in terms of gender. It usually skews uh, more female than male. Right. Okay. So when we're going into a hospital, a healthcare institution, and we're, we're, they're now seeing that women hold nearly uh, thirds of, of the 1.74 trillion. And at the same time, women are still in many situations uh, getting paid less on the dollar than their male counterparts for the same position. So now you have a situation where I'm in the workforce, I have this advanced degree, but I'm not, I'm getting paid less on the dollar than my male counterpart, and I have more student debt. And oh, by the way, I have to save for retirement at the same rate. So that gender wealth gap just continued to expand over time, largely in part due to that student debt. So if we can help pay off student debt or point our employees towards pathways to help uh, relieve that student debt, it helps uh, reduce that gender wealth gap. Absolutely. 
I would imagine also, and I don't have the statistics on this, but I would imagine just observationally that, you know, women in those professions as well, too, and professions in general, maybe single moms or maybe the sole breadwinner in their household as well. So they're also having to not only meet the requirements of paying these loans back, but also you know, meeting the needs as the, the, the sole provider, income provider in their families. And so if they're looking to also try to uh, send their kids off to school, right. what do they do? They go out and take loans so that their kids can go to school. Exactly. So now you've exactly. got a generational gap or debt gap that exists, you know, because, you know, these loans are, and I think I saw some statistics too, that meaning the uh, private loans, uh, the, the interest rates are like 10 plus percent those loans as well too. And so you j- you can never really get up from under them. You'll be paying them for the rest of your life. In many cases. You're, you're exactly right. And it's not uncommon for us to, uh, when we're working with the healthcare employee to see that not only have they taken out loans for themselves, uh, but there are loans for their children as well. So in fact, baby boomers are the second highest demographic uh, in terms of student debt because right. they've, again, they've taken out loans themselves. Many went back to school during the Great Recession, and then they've either taken out parent plus loans or they've co-signed on their, their children's loans as well. And so, as I mentioned, it, it's it's the, 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 the gender wealth gap that our solutions help uh, look at, and then also the racial wealth gap. So, right. so if you look at the wealth gap between uh, white and black households, and there was a study done by the Roosevelt Institute and showed that between white and black households between the ages of 25 and 40, uh, the wealth gap was 12 to 1, right? In the absence of student debt, so looking at this demographic by removing uh, student debt from the equation, the wealth gap went from 12 to 1 to 5 to 1. Wow. So 7x reduction, That's- right? That, that really just shows exactly the, the impact of, of student debt, student loan debt on, on reducing that wealth gap. Black undergraduate students are more likely to take on student debt. They're five times more likely to default on their student loans than, than white undergraduates. So, again, when you're looking at and a lot of employers are saying, how do we address the you know or, or solutions, actionable solutions to diversity, equity and inclusion? Right. Let's go beyond talking about it. What can we actually put in place? Student debt is an equitable solution because Absolutely. you're offering it to everyone. You're offering it to everyone, but you know that it will disproportionately impact women and minorities and really help address a lot of the DEI goals that healthcare employers have. Right. And what I really like about these programs as well, too, to your point, is that this is this is really uh, gender neutral. Right. You know, it's not based on your background, your your race, your religion, or anything like that. This is an economic issue that affects right. everyone. And if there's some way that we can help to close that gap amongst all demographics, to your point, rising tides raise all ships as well, too. And I think we all benefit from it. And then a program uh, that, that uh, the type of program that PeopleJoy offers or helps uh, employers make their employees aware of will have an impact potentially on employee retention and employee satisfaction as well. Absolutely. Not only that, employees employees now have the, the opportunity to think about, I can now go back and get this post-secondary degree. Go, go back, I'm a nurse now, I want to become maybe uh, a doctor or you know a specialist in another area. There's an ability to, for me to do that because I've been able to you know, have some of those loans forgiven that I had initially in my career. And now I can go pursue these other things as well, too, without being saddled with that 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 financial burden. That's right. That's right. And, and it, it, I'll tell you, Christopher, there's, there's nothing like 
when you're on the phone, one of our, our support reps are on the phone and they've, they've helped somebody get to that finish line. They've helped that employee get $110,000 of their loans forgiven. And in many of these employees are telling us, you know, this is, this is the best day of their lives. Sec, you know, second only to the birth of their first child. Sure. Right? <laughs> they're, they're, they're putting it in front of their wedding dates, right? Cause, cause it's just a relief to them and they now have the rest of their lives to really pursue happiness to, um, you know, and so that's, that's our job there is to help help uh, remove the roadblock that that has led to that 99% uh, rejection rate with public service loan forgiveness by really being a concierge service. So we're equal parts tech and service to demystify it. Again, a lot of folks have lost faith in the program and don't believe it can work. And so we come in to really um, provide a pathway and let them know this is what needs to, to happen. And we're, we're very clear in letting them know it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? This exactly. isn't a wave the magic wand and suddenly you're going to get it. No. And, and, and our job is to really state it out there and let you know, okay, here are the steps that need to be done. Again, in many cases, we're looking with federal benefits. We always tell everybody we work with that these are things that you can do on your own, right? Uh, right? But at the end of the day, just because I can file my taxes by myself doesn't mean I'm going to file my taxes by myself. I'll right. work with and, the and tax do, I, do I know how to file them properly so I match exactly. my return because I'm just Correct. knowledgeable about all the tax laws? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and we work with the same, the, the way we, I look at our system is what TurboTax has done is take the 80,000 pages of, of tax law and code and built systems around it and support systems, we've taken the 10 to 12,000 pages of student loan, you know, federal student loan laws and policies and procedures and built rules and, and systems around it and, and connected you with resources. So to your point, you're not leaving any money on the table when it comes to, to, to loan forgiveness or, or programs like that are out there that you may qualify for. Well, I tell you, man, uh, you know, I'm excited to hear about your organization and what you're doing to help healthcare organizations and not-for-profit organizations in general uh, support their employees and, and figure out how to get some debt relief in this area. We can't fault people for wanting to improve their lives and wanting to go get educated. And unfortunately, our, our educational system is one that very expensive. It's, you know, it's very limiting for those who have can do it. And for those who don't and want to have to go and secure right. loans in order to make that a reality as well. So that 1.75 trillion in U.S. debt is real. And that's from people generally, I can't say everyone, but generally that's, those are people who wanted to have better lives right. and, 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 and made an investment in that and securing loans. And not that they don't necessarily want to pay them back, but it is a challenge and a burden with all the other responsibilities you have as a parent, care provider, et cetera, to meet those obligations. And so if there's a way to reduce some of that in some form or fashion, for me personally, I'm all for it as well. We've got about two more minutes here, and I I did want to give you an opportunity to offer some final thoughts and also share with the listening uh, audience if they are interested and find out more about these programs or how you can help their employer leverage, you know, your services, what's the best way to reach out to you? And then again, any final thoughts about this program? And 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 I guess I would ask you maybe to tailor that towards the naysayers out there. People, yeah. You know, people who were saying, you know, people aren't holding up to their responsibilities. Uh, they took on this debt and they should, you know, bear the burden of it for the rest of their lives. Right. So first, you know, if anybody wants to reach me, they can just email me at a Mecca, E, Amazon Mary, E-K-A, at PeopleJoy, that's peoplejoy.com. Just shoot, you know, happy to to uh, have a conversation with, our, with your teams and our team to see how we can assist. 
And what I'll tell employers, because again, we, we work, uh, we partner with employers who are looking for solutions uh, to offer their employees is, you know, really, what do you have to lose? Like at the end of the day, we, we actually completed a one-year case study with the hospital and saw a 41% reduction in turnover among people who were now made aware of these programs um, and knew about loan forgiveness and were enrolled in a PeopleJoy service. And so I asked employers, like, you know, how big is the pain point? Uh, we know that with, within the healthcare systems, with the great resignation, folks are seeing turnover rates upwards of 20%. Right. And so if there's a solution out there that could even knock a point or two off of that, you know, 40%, you know, what do you have to lose, right? To, to essentially see if it works and, you know, worst case scenario, you, you help your employees get to the finish line and get their loans forgiveness. Best case scenario, you lower turnover. What's the cost of turnover among employers, especially in the healthcare space? Can it be anywhere from 0.5 to 1.5 X salary? Sure. And so our employers are seeing real gains. And I say, like, you know, it's something that you as a nonprofit employer, it's free money for your employees, right? That 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 really the government's helping them pay off. You just have to you know, do your part to point them in the right direction. Why not? And, and for all the reasons that we mentioned, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, supporting mental and financial uh, health and wellness and attracting and retaining talent, if, if those are not priorities for you, then I think, you know, we, we, we might want to have a different conversation. Obviously, that's a big priority for everyone. But uh, that's, you know, th- that's, uh, I would say, you know, our, our, my final thoughts on that in terms of why employers may want to look at this and, you know, the naysayers. Again, I think, you know, most employers are, are recognizing, as we mentioned, that it doesn't have to be a one-size-fits-all benefit. You know, right. Whether it's student loan benefits or whether it's uh, a benefit for employees who are looking to adopt a child or do you know, IVF, not everyone's going to benefit from it. Right. But I think even your employees that aren't recipients of this uh, want to work for a company that's progressive, that's want great. to work for a company that are doing something different. So, you know, that, that's my, you know, my final thoughts on that. that that's great. Well, we're, we're, we're going to have to leave it there for now. We have actually hit the end of our time with Lameka Ogu, the CEO of PeopleJoy. Thank you so much for joining the program and sharing your wealth and knowledge about uh, the various debt forgiveness programs and the service that PeopleJoy offers as well. Well, this is a wrap. Uh, thank you again um, for listening to Straight Out of Health IT. I hope you found something interesting and valuable from this episode. Please share it with your friends if you did. Let's make this one go viral. As usual, I I thank you for your support. Your comments and feedback are always welcome. And you can find us on all the major podcast stations. Please uh, go out, become a subscriber, and we'll see you on the next program. Take care and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Straight Outta Health IT. We hope you enjoyed today's guest. For more unfiltered dialogue of healthcare leaders and influencers, be sure to tune in next week. For the show notes, transcripts, and resources, please visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite streaming platform. We invite you to give us feedback by reaching out to Christopher Cunny on LinkedIn, just searching for Straight Outta Health IT, and you'll find us. We are constantly having live discussions about diverse topics in the industry. 